You're listening to Make Your Way, Season 4, Episode 7. Welcome to Make Your Way, where we explore what it means to work and create on your own terms. Along with every episode, we post show notes with links to resources mentioned in the episode and a full transcript. You can find these materials at katielinder.work slash podcasts. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Katie. How's it going? It is going well. How are you? I am doing all right. I am really excited to talk with you today. I need your wisdom on the topic (laughs) at hand, uh, which is personal and professional boundaries on Mm -hmm. things like social media when you are a business owner. And um, I mean, like some people we know have different accounts on social media for their businesses like i mean so and and they're really trying to kind of keep things separate other people they're more of a lifestyle brand so Mm -hmm. they're trying to combine all the things um so where do you want to start with this like how do you even make these decisions about what to share and what not to share and now especially you're doing honestly which is like yeah super personal what what are your boundaries let's just start there do i have boundaries no Do you have boundaries? And if so, what are they? Oh, funny. Yeah. Uh, this has been something that I, that has been really changing for me over time. Uh, and part of what, what has changed it, frankly, is in going through some of the hard stuff that I've been through, I found that the stuff that helped me get through that tough stuff was the creative work of other people who were being honest about, the experiences that were similar or the same as what I I was experiencing. Um, that honesty and that reality about like, this really sucks and it's awful. And, you know, or this is really hard and here are all the reasons why and here are things to think about or here's those sort of little nuggets of wisdom or, or um, sort of reality of, of life that you don't necessarily resonate with until those kinds of things happen. And then you're like, Oh, right, that right. So I found that those kinds of pieces were were what got me through when I was in some really rough places this year. And so um, I think, for me, the shift to being a little bit more personal um, comes from that and stems from that belief that that it's really that honesty and that sort of authenticity that connects you and connects people together and, and creative makes creative work really compelling. Um, and, and so I wanted to kind of live into that a little bit more. Um, I used to be pretty, uh, I mean, pretty prof- like mostly professional on, on my social media platforms, uh, mostly focused on the work I was doing and that sort of thing and a little less personal. Um, that shift, you know, comes with some growing pains and, and that sort of thing and trying to figure out what, what should I share in the moment is sometimes a little difficult, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's one thing when I have time to kind of plan through and think about like, okay, here are all of the, not ramifications really, but here, here are all the things that could happen if I share this piece or share this idea or this thought. And, you know, if I share it at this particular point, is somebody I know going to read into it, right? Like there's all of those kinds of questions that are kind of hard to, to grapple with sometimes. Um and so the in the moment stuff is difficult um, to, to figure out whether or not I should share certain things. So I tend to be pretty conservative when it comes to that. Like if I have an idea that strikes and I'm like, oh, I'm feeling this thing because I'm dealing with, you know, this client who's being really frustrating. I'm like, OK, sit on that for a little bit. <laughs> like it's a worthwhile thought and it's important to share. But, 
maybe not right now because the reality is like in real time you're working with people and and clients and that sort of thing and you don't you don't want to give off the idea that uh, you know that that you don't want to be reflecting on that in the moment necessarily like the, mm-hmm. there is a, a wisdom and and um sort of clarity that comes with time and with space uh but there are also things that that I feel like are important to be shared in the moment. And so it's, it's a hard balance to figure out not only how personal or professional to be, but also what, uh, what to share when. (laughs) And so those are things that I've really been grappling with, especially um, with the honesty, honestly series, because there's a lot of stuff there that happened previously. And there's a lot of stuff there that I'm still wrestling with. And so how much of that Mm -hmm. to share when um, is, Mm -hmm. is definitely one of those, those boundary concerns. That said, I've always been fairly personal, especially on Twitter. Um, I've showed, shown a side of my personality um, that is real and that has always been there and that I think, um, you know, sh- captures sort of a different uh, different side of me in an interesting way uh, and, and gives me a little bit of like professional, it, it kind of blends the pre- professional and personal. Um and so that's always felt comfortable for me, but this this newest one is stepping a little further outside of that comfort zone, um, mm-hmm. and and being a little more uh, sort of devil may care <laughs> in the in like I don't really care how people re it's not that I don't care how people react to it, but like I'm not putting as much thought into that. I guess um, I used to be super paranoid about like oh if I put this out then people are going to think <laughs> X, Y, Z. And now it's a little bit more like, well, I'm going to put this out because it's a, a thing I think needs to be out. And I think mm-hmm. it needs to be said, needs to be mm-hmm. shared um, with a little less uh, care for the one person in my Twitter, you know, followers who might take offense to it or might think it's annoying or whatever. So I tend to be a little bit more brazen um, in, in that regard, but it is a, it is a hard balance of figuring out when and how and how to be authentic without being, without oversharing and without, you know, kind of bearing your soul in a way that's not necessarily comfortable or appropriate for public spaces, right? Like there's all of these questions. So I am so glad you're like wrestling with this. (laughs) I don't have an answer. (laughs) No, but like, I mean, as you're talking, I'm like feeling this sense of relief because I feel like sometimes, and and I I feel like you've done a really nice job of articulating, especially this, like, when do you share? How much do you share? Mm -hmm. Um, Because sometimes there are people I start to follow on social and they're just like negative all the time. It's like, it's like the world is out to get them and they're just, and it it kind of goes into this realm of like, just complaining, like constantly complaining, like, where's my coffee? Where's my, you know, like, oh, like this this day is so hard. Like, and I always look at that stuff and I'm like, I feel like you have to have a balance of like genuineness Mm -hmm. about like, yeah, I'm really tired because X, Y, Z happened. Or I just had to put my dog down and that was really hard or, you know, like that kind of thing. Like, like life happens. Yeah. But at the same time, I am not drawn to those accounts that are just like negative all the time or like super sarcastic or whatever. And like I can be a very sarcastic person, but I don't put it out on Mm -hmm. social because I feel like my brand is more positive. Like it's meant to be kind of light and not that I'm not like tackling difficult issues, but Mm -hmm. I'm trying to do it with an optimistic spin. Right. Because that's just who I am. Like I look for the silver lining and things, but that's the place that I've, I've kind of been challenged by because it's like, I don't want to not be genuine, but I also feel like I don't need to drag you down if yeah. I'm having like just a bad day. Right. Like you just don't need to see that. And that's, yeah. 
you know, I think it's also okay to make that choice and say, I don't feel like I need to share that with my community. Like if I'm Mm -hmm. having a privately bad day, I'm just not going to post. Right. Or sometimes it's a, it's a different kind of post, right? You're maybe not complaining. So I did this the other day where I was having a rough time. Like I just the pile on of things. And I did this thing that I've seen other people do, which is kind of an interesting way to like engage with your people a little bit and say like, I'm having a tough day. Can you send me your favorite gifts or cute puppies or fun stories or (laughs) whatever? Like I just need a little levity in my life. And it's, it's great because people have have a chance to kind of, and I've done this with other people too, where they ask for something and I'll find the cutest, you know, pick a picture of my dog or something and, you know, share something like that because it, I, I then feel like I'm connected, you know, or I'm helping this person in some tiny little way, but in a way that sort of lifts spirits and makes you feel a little better and puts a little good out into the world while also communicating that like, things are hard. And right. that it's okay that things are hard. And there are, there are the tools and the coping mechanisms and skills that we can use to kind of help when things get hard. And one person I want to call out on Twitter who does it, who does this, I think, exceptionally well is Katie Peplin. Mm-hmm. Um, so she is another, you know, solo entrepreneur, uh, out there who is doing all kinds of very cool work with, um, uh, graduate students and, and others, uh, who are working on their, their, uh, PhDs primarily, but, um, in her sort of social presence, she does this really nice balance of, um, of being real about when things are hard or what's difficult, but then giving you a nugget of here's the thing you can do in the moment. Or like, is it, maybe it's like stop and take a breath or maybe it's here's this cute picture of my cat. Cause I'm having a tough time. Right. Or, right. I'm you know, so, I'm jealous. I'm completely jealous of Katie's ability. To I don't know like, how she does it. Really, no, she, like I look at it and I'm like, how are you doing this consistently? Every I know post all the time. It's like amazing. Like it's I, great. I, I like every single thing she puts yeah. out. I retweet every single thing she puts out. I know. And she's, she's tweeting like multiple times a day and I'm, I'm just yeah. like, how is, how are you doing this? Like, yeah, I, yeah. she has a level of emotional intelligence and, and just, she's a coach. I mean, yeah. part of it's coming out of that, but um, yeah, no, I agree. She's incredible. Yeah. She's we great. So to her stuff in the show notes. So yeah. If you're looking for a good her. example of like, it's, it's sort of the, uh, the Holy grail of like <laughs> what at least I would like to be. Right. She just uh, makes it look spaces. so effortless. And I know, I know. it's not, I mean, I, I, not, I don't but... want to be like, she's a magical unicorn. <laughs> she, she's putting work into it. I mean, oh, I yeah. know she thinks very carefully about this stuff, but yep. she makes it look so easy and yeah. I'm so jealous. Right. Well, and it's, it's fun to watch, uh, her do that too, because I feel like I can pick up on things and learn things from, from yeah. how she does that. And so one of the things that I've, kind of started doing a little bit um, and I'm working on developing some more systems for making this a little easier for myself, but it's just sort of when I have these thoughts that I'm like, oh, I really want to rant about this on Twitter or oh, I really want to put something out there about this or, oh man, I had this major realization today that like communication with other adults is really hard sometimes, <laughs> you know, something like that, that I kind of jot that down as like, a, here's a nugget that, you know, when you need to fill your social feed later, because you've got to be putting stuff out constantly. Like, here's the thing, really small, put it on a, you know, a nice backdrop of a photo you took of the lovely fall leaves in Minnesota and stick it out on your social feed in, you know, a couple weeks when the situation at hand that made you think the thing or experience the thing is now diffused, but it's still a relevant thought and it's still a relevant piece of life that's worth sharing just maybe not in the moment. And so I'm working on that kind of stuff, like curating and being really attentive and um, sensitive to the things that are happening in my life 
that might be worth sharing at some point, even if they're not shareable right in this second. Yeah, no, I think this is a really good point because I think, like you said, there's often nuggets in there. Mm -hmm. um, But I struggle with the people who just rant. Yeah, you know, like, and that's like their platform and they get followers. And I'm just like, like, I'm jealous of that, too. I'm like, (laughs) this is all I have to do is like rant and be angry about things. Um, It's I mean, that's that's a hard kind of difficult thing. But I also just feel like that is not my brand. It's not who I am. You know, Mm -hmm. like, I just I don't want to be that person um, who you're drawn to because and, and honestly, this is part of why I stopped using Facebook. Mm -hmm. Because I felt like people just went on to Facebook to like commiserate with each other about how horrible life is. And I was just like, I can't, I can't be in that space all the time. Like, it's Mm -hmm. just, it's too much. Um, But this idea of like, not necessarily reacting in the moment. um, I, I feel like, there are people who want to know you deal with hard things, mm-hmm. but they want the narrative of, but I came through that hard thing. Yeah. And it's, I think it's a lot easier to share it when you're like, but I'm on the other side and this is oh, what yeah. I've learned. <laughs> I could go on at length about this topic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I will set you off. Please, please go ahead. Yeah. Because this is something I think about too, is like, yeah. I don't necessarily want to share in the moment. Mm-hmm. a difficult thing but I will process that thing mm-hmm. and like podcast about it two months later yep yep well and yeah I go back and forth right so w- when I was in the middle of some of the like darkest stuff of the last year or so I got really frustrated because like you said all of the narratives that are sort of lifted up are the ones that are that came through successfully right and so when you're in a depression or when you're in this just really awful place that's sort of not what you want to hear right like it's like oh yeah well great for you that you got through this thing like awesome but I I don't feel like that's going to happen for me like I don't feel I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel I'm not going to get through this like what are you talking about um and in the really dark places like that's that's a hard thing and you want to hear from the people who are also in those dark places right and who are in the middle of the hard stuff we don't write and communicate from the middle, partly because it's really hard to do that. Right. It's like next to impossible. It's next to impossible to articulate the pain of a depression spiral when you're in a depression spiral. Like it, it, you know, I'm using depression because that's what I'm most familiar with. But a lot of these kinds of experiences really rob you of your ability to articulate what's happening and to articulate any sense of connection with other people or anything it just it shuts down your ability to be in the world and so but when you're in that place you're really grasping for something to help you get through but a lot of the like rose-colored glasses kind of narratives that are out there are really actually more hurtful and and harmful when people are in those spaces and so there were a couple of uh things that i found really helpful when i was in really bad places um, one of those pod, one of those was a podcast called "The Hilarious World of Depression," um, because again, it was this it was this podcast that yes, they weren't interviewing people when they were depressed, right? But they were interviewing people who had had uh, a lot of experience with depression, ups and downs, and all of those things, who could articulate like, "Look, I know what it's like to be in that space. It's awful." And here is what it felt like to me. And here, you know, because then it gives you as you're in that space, it gives you some language to grab, grab onto like, oh, yeah, that is exactly what that feels like. Okay, 
okay, I'm not alone. Somebody else has felt this way. Okay. This other person described it this way. That's interesting. I don't quite feel it that way, but maybe it's kind of a combo of that and this other thing, right? So you start to be able to really wrap your head around it. Um, and so that one is really useful. And in part because it's called the hilarious world of depression, because they talk about the funny parts of it, which seems kind of counterintuitive. But, um, you know, a lot of the people they talk to were comedians who are able to kind of use their depression and anxiety on the other side of it, like when they are well, to really connect with people and to call out those kind of quirky, weird, funny things that happen as a result of, of kind of going through that process. The other one that I listened to a lot um, during some some tough parts, again, to kind of feel connected to other people who were struggling with stuff was um, Terrible Thanks for Asking. <laughs> so that's a, another podcast um, by uh, Nora McInerney. Uh, and she talks a lot about the, the difficulties of loss and grief and what it's like to go through hard stuff and interviews people who are going through all kinds of different things. Some people who are on the other side of it, some people who are in the middle of it. And so that was helpful to kind of get some, again, multiple perspectives that I could pull from to feel connected again to the world and not feel like somebody else and some something other. Um, but also to to know that um, that that there were people who were still kind of in the middle too, and mm-hmm. and that that's part of the process is being in the middle, mm-hmm. as hard as it is to be in the middle and as frustrating as it can be. So I think one of the things that that that'll that teaches me is that there's value in speaking from the middle Mm -hmm. but it's really hard to do and it's hard to do in a way that that won't come off as either overly negative because you're in that space or that won't come off as but I'm going to get through it and it's going to be totally fine because we don't know that either yeah like that's just too pat yeah and so it's this weird balance um that i find you know that that's really difficult to it's difficult to find people who strike that balance well uh and of course then i've decided that that's the space i want to work in because that sounds fun and hard (laughs) and weird but you know cool i'll try it why not Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's a it's a hard thing to talk about when you're in the middle of it but there's also value in that i don't know so anyway, yeah. that's my whole rant on being in the middle. <laughs> Thank you for your rant because this is actually, I'm really glad you you dug into this because I think this is something that we approach differently in that like you find comfort in that. I don't find comfort in that. Like it actually yeah. makes me spiral even more if I'm like not in a good place, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm, it just doesn't help me. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that's an important thing about knowing what you're putting out into the world when you're crossing those boundaries is it could be helpful to some people. It could be Mm -hmm. less helpful to other people. And it is a choice you make that could split your audience. It Mm -hmm. could, you know, like there could be people who are really turned off and maybe you don't care. I mean, like that, that's something that I think is like, you know, you have to make those decisions as a business owner. And there are some people who I think have done a very, and we're kind of on this theme of like mental illness, but I, mm-hmm. I don't think it, this is the only area in which this is, this is true. Um, I think about like a lot of the sobriety folks who are out there who are like really of sobriety is a huge part of their brand. And mm-hmm. they talk about that and the struggles of that. Um, but I know a lot of people who've really built that into, they feel like it's very much tied to their identity and yep. they, they can't not talk about it and they have to kind of explain I often wonder for kind of my own reading of those things, if I'm challenged by it because I have low emotional intelligence, it's hard for me to connect with people when they talk about stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I can understand from an intellectual perspective, like what they're experiencing, 
but I don't connect with it on an emotional level. Mm-hmm. And part of me is like, why are you sharing this? Like just in a very like, you know, like uh, to be blunt, you know, like mm-hmm. this is literally how my brain works. And I, it's like how I naturally respond. Um, and I think about it from a, an intellectual level first, whereas yeah. I think other people connect with it on an emotional level first. And that's why it works. You know, like that's why you build communities around these right. topics. Um, so it's interesting because mm-hmm. I also, you know, I think that for coming from someone who shares a lot of personal stuff, like I share a lot on my mm-hmm. podcast, almost more than I think I understand that I share. Like I, mm-hmm. I lose track of what I share. I forget what I share. Yeah. And then people like that's bring it real. up to me and I'm like, oh, I talked about that? Like, what? oh, huh? okay. Oh. Like, wow, I didn't realize the world knew that about me. Um, I don't know. Like I just, I, I think I treat some of that stuff differently like it just doesn't compute for me in the same way and it does impact what I decide to share because Mm -hmm. I I know how I would read it not Mm -hmm. necessarily how the rest of the world would read it which actually makes it really kind of difficult to create content for a larger audience because you don't know what's going to land like you just don't know what people are really going to connect with and and anyway so I mean that's another interesting layer that I'll throw on the pile well, and I think I think you're also speaking to the the fact that there are, as you said, people out there who are thinking about the world similarly to you, and those who aren't. And so it, it, there's value in all of those voices, though, right? Like right. there's value in being, you know, more intellectual about the things that you're sharing and about the things that you're enjoying and and doing and producing in the world. There's also value in being more emotional about about them in places where that fits. I, you know, I think there's there's the point we're kind of landing on here is there's not one right way to do this. Right. It's yeah, sort definitely. of what you feel most comfortable with and what you want to put out in the world. Um, and I think both of us want to put out positive things, right? Like that's our goal. Our whole brands are built around, you know, putting out positive, helpful, useful things into the world. Um, and so for us, the the, the sort of more complaining kind of uh, kind of presences in online spaces are a little more grating. Um, but I'm sure there are people who find value in that. And I don't That's understand it, thing. but I can, yeah, I can exactly. let exactly. that be. Like there are lots of different ways of being online, online mm-hmm. presence that works for people. And so I'm glad you raised that because this is definitely not meant as a judgment. And and to be honest, like I'm, I'm a little bit um sensitive to the fact that I feel like some people think I'm kind of a robot like just because I respond this way like it's definitely a part of me that's like I I know what it is and I know it's Mm -hmm. there and I accept it and I know it's part Mm -hmm. of my personality but I also understand how it sounds to other people when I talk about it but I'm like a you know a robot when someone's like you know telling all this stuff about their personal life and I'm like yeah what's wrong with you you know like why are you sharing that yeah right I mean so I get it I mean I I think that that's I should be clear that I'm self-aware enough to kind of understand that it doesn't always come out the right way but um but I do think it's kind of when you think about the personal and the professional there are a lot of choices that we make that once you kind of make the choice it's out there you know like I don't know I feel like the environment we live in now it's like you don't always make those choices intentionally yep um and, you know, like, that's tough yeah. to, like, decide when do you cross that boundary and talk about stuff that previously, like, you just, it was off the table. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, I've thought about this really carefully, especially with the podcast. Um, there's just stuff that I don't talk about at all, first of mm-hmm. all. There's there's areas of my life that just do not get addressed. Like, yep. and and 
Uh, there are two specific ones I can think of, which I'm not going to address on this show because I never address it anywhere. Um, what? Why not? But like, <laughs> like literally never gets talked about. Yep. Like I don't even touch it. You know, like it's so I would be surprised if anyone who listens to the show, like know that these are things that I'm actively dealing with in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're huge things, but they are private. Like they are things that are very important to me. And um, for that reason, I've decided to keep them private. And who knows, you know, like maybe two years from now or whatever, I'm going to talk about them and and whatever. Um, I'm not saying it's forever, but since the beginning of my podcasting days. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of other stuff that I talk about that I don't even kind of always realize is personal. Yeah. Other people have a personal connection to it. And I know, Sarah, I've told you this story. I was at a speaking engagement where I did some private coaching. I won't say where, um... But I had a faculty member walk in who was visibly pregnant, and she sat down and said, so I listened to your podcast. I know you're childless by choice, but I need some advice about academic motherhood. And that was, like, the first meeting of this woman. Like, I'd never met her. Um, Like, she was a stranger. And obviously, I wasn't a stranger to her because she listened to my show and... I honestly, Sarah, don't remember talking about being childless by choice. I'm sure it's come up. <laughs> I'm sure I mean, you I, did at some I, point. Yeah. I, I've released three or four episodes a week of this show. Like, I talk about all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I can't keep track of And some people are probably, like, horrified to hear me say that I don't know what I've talked about on this show. And my partner is horrified by it. He's like, I don't know how you share this information. <laughs> but yeah. at the same, and he also is horrified by my social media presence. He's like, I can't believe what people say to you on social media. Like, they share these personal things. And I'm like, well, they feel connected. Like, I, yeah. you know, like, so anyway. But the point is, you get yourself into these situations and you're like, okay, so I guess I talked about this and I guess you feel connected. And like, this was a, but that to me is not like a personal boundary. Like, I don't care about crossing that boundary. Like, I don't care if people know I'm childless by choice. Like, I just don't remember talking about it. And and you feel this kind of level of intimacy with me around that, that, and that is not the only example. I mean, like I had another person come up to me saying, so I know you've quit sugar and I know you're thinking about all these issues around blah, 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 because I've been listening to your show. You let's talk about X, Y, Z. And I'm like, I don't know you like you, right. you are, you know, like, and, and I'm happy to engage <laughs> in those conversations. Like if you walk up to me on the street and you want to engage me about whatever about the podcast, like I've had people run into me in airports after I've given a speaking engagement and like mm-hmm. wanting to engage me in all kinds of stuff. Great. Like I, that's fine. But it, it's, it is a really kind of weird thing about yeah. sh- those personal professional boundaries of what you share online that people that you don't know Mm-hmm. feel very connected to you like mm-hmm. they feel like they have a relationship with you because you've been in their earbuds or whatever for hours sometimes um so that's that's a thing that's kind of yeah. weird i mean thoughts on that well i i you know i think we've probably all been on both sides of that well not all but a lot of us have been on both sides of that equation so i've had similar kinds of things where somebody either comes up to me or you know, has w- watched my videos previously or whatever, and just like launches into this. Oh, I thought this was so great, and da 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 da. And you're like, uh, hi, hi, my name is Sarah. Like, what? <laughs> who are you? What? Okay, <laughs> hi. Like, have a formal introduction. Exactly. You know, and some of that is just based on our our sort of social scripts for how interactions should go. And I feel like a lot of those scripts haven't really adjusted to this brave new world of the internet, right? Like where you know things about people before you've actually met them. Like the, right. our, our sort of interaction, social interactions haven't in, in sort of the meat space, to use the internet terminology, uh, so in real life, uh, don't match with how much we do or don't know about somebody. 
um, which is a weird thing. And, you know, I felt that too with, um, you know, creators, either internet creators or other people that I just really connect with and consume a lot of their content and their, their writing or whatever. And then you see them in real life and you're like, oh, that's that person. And there's part of you that like wants to run up to them and be like, oh my gosh, you've made such an impact on my life and here's why. But you also know that like, that's super weird, <laughs> right? To like <laughs> run up to somebody and be like, oh my God, you like, changed my life. Girl but like all over yeah. someone who has no idea who you are. Yeah, exactly. And so it's helpful to kind of have been on both sides of that because you know a little bit how that, how that feels on both ends. Like, cause for the person who's coming up at you and saying like, oh my gosh, I love this thing. I'm connected with you on this and whatever. That's a hugely like meaningful experience for them. And so, you know, approaching that with as much gentleness as you can is obviously as helpful for making the, the interaction go well. But also as the person who's doing the approaching, like being thoughtful about the fact that you've, this person that you feel like you know personally doesn't know you at all. And so don't expect them to immediately want to hug you, right? Like, or whatever. Like, right, yeah, or whatever. You know. Well, and I mean, I want to be clear too that, like, I mean, when these people approach me, it's super fun. It's I mean, great. I, it's, yeah. It's like, I'm, I'm like, I am touched by that. Like, I yeah. am like, wow, like, you have spent part of your life listening to me right. on my podcast or whatever, like, interacting right. with, with me in whatever way. That's a huge privilege. Like the fact that yep. people, the fact that I have the amount of people listening to this podcast, which mm-hmm. I don't fully understand, to be completely honest. Like, I mean, I feel like there just aren't very many academics who are podcasting. And so yeah. people, That's part of it. you know, yeah. find the show or whatever. Um, but I also just think it's it's one of those things where I want to be able to kind of respond, as you're saying, appropriately mm-hmm. to express like thank you. Like, that's the main thing I want to express is like, thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for telling me that this was like impactful for you. But also to find ways and this is actually like to connect this back to some of our 2019 goals and intentions. I think this is part of why I'm trying to build this online community I'm trying to build Mm. around academic writing is like, to deepen those connections, you know, because like, it is a little weird to meet like you you and this is kind of also just the weird thing about internet orbits like Mm -hmm. you orbit around someone for a little while and then maybe they have like some kind of offering and you decide to buy it or you you private message them about something that they've said or you somehow kind of like deepen the connection and like poke them and say i'm here and i have something Mm -hmm. i want to talk to you about um the thing that i don't think people realize is you know like there's there's this person on a I, i won't go into too much detail but they're on a social media platform that I'm on and they consistently like and comment mm-hmm. like everything I post, but in a very genuine way. Like yeah. it's, it's very thoughtful and intentional. I know that person's name. I've looked at their profile. Like, I, I mean, I'm, I'm very aware of mm-hmm. them because mm-hmm. they keep like knocking on my door and they're yeah. not asking for anything. They're just like poking and saying like, yeah. Hey, I'm over here and I like your stuff. Um, I am way more aware of that person mm-hmm. than someone who's just kind of lurking and following me and like listening to the podcast, but has right. never reached out to me via email, who's never, you know, said anything, you know, like in a, in a more kind of public way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. There's also that. There's also like, yeah. you can reach out and kind of deepen that connection or ask for a, a quick Skype call or whatever, like, or ask a question that gets featured on my show, like, you know, like yeah. that kind of thing. Um so I don't know, like, I it's, it, I feel like that's kind of the interesting thing about this professional, private mm-hmm. boundary setting is like, 
I am actively inviting people in. I mean, like, I know that. I know that when I'm posting this stuff, like, I am asking people to connect. That's the Mm -hmm. whole purpose. Mm -hmm. I'm not just in my podcast closet (laughs) for for no one else. It's not just for me. (laughs) You know, like, it's meant to elicit some of this. So then when it happens, I shouldn't be surprised by it because the whole purpose of doing it, I think you just get, you kind of forget because you are yeah. in your podcast closet right. by yourself and right. you don't always get these comments. And then all of a sudden, you know, like everybody connects with a certain episode and you're like, oh yeah, like there's hundreds of people on the other end of this thing who are yeah. <laughs> like listening and engaged. Yeah. Well, you raise a couple of really great points. Um, the, the first of which is just that the life of an internet entrepreneur is or, or really any, I would say, like, creative, sort of solitary creative project is really different than, like, a rock star, right? Like, a rock star goes on tour and sees how many people are super into their stuff on a nightly basis, right? Uh, for us, we create stuff and we put it out into this weird internet ether world where, you right. know, you like never know. Who, right. You don't know who's <laughs> seeing it and who's not. And right. Or, you know, if anybody cares or is watching and until somebody comes and says, hey, your work really meant something to me. Right. And so, like, as a creator, I love getting that kind of stuff. I love getting feedback. I love getting like, hey, you did, you know, I loved this point, but could you talk about this next time? Or you missed this point entirely, you know, (laughs) please fix it, whatever. Like, I appreciate that kind of feedback because it's valuable to the creative endeavor and it lets me know that people actually care. And so um, then that what I'm producing actually has some value to somebody else. Right. So the usefulness part that you raised right. is huge for me. Like I don't, yeah. you know, I want to put out stuff that people are like, that was actionable. I right. could do something based on what you said. And I always kind of do the math in my own head. I, I mean, it's definitely not... Um, a clear algorithm let me say that of like I mean if I've got three people who reached out to me for Mm -hmm. like an episode and they took the time to do that I'm like that means there's probably quite a few more that this was also useful for and they didn't email you know like if I depending on the level of response I get on Twitter or whatever like and it doesn't have to be a lot yeah but I mean like I recently released this episode that was off like it was not planned. It was like something I was kind of struggling with, which is curating my closet and trying <laughs> to figure out what I need to be wearing. And I'm like trying to shift my speaking wardrobe into a different direction and I'm trying to actually build a work uniform. Like this is really what I'm trying to do. <laughs> um a la like Obama and Mark Zuckerberg and Steve Jobs, like right. this is what I'm trying to do. And for women it's hard. Anyway, yeah. I'm not gonna get into whining about it. But I've released this episode on like having a minimalist closet and curating my closet. And I mentioned that I'm going to Nordstrom for this mm-hmm. stylist appointment to like have somebody help me because I don't know what I'm doing. And all these women responded and they were like, you have to update on what happens after this. Like, tell us where you're buying from. What are you doing? Have you read this book about it? I've also read this other book about it. Like, blah, blah, blah. blah. Like, and I was like, oh my gosh, like this, <laughs> this is first of all, not typically what I talk about. I don't right. talk about fashion. I am not a fashion person at all. But like people resonated with this idea of like, how do you do this? Like, yeah. and it was the same when I talked about getting headshots. I had a lot of people say like, how do you even go about getting headshots? Like, I don't even know how to do that. Like the process of a lot of this stuff, people are, that's what they want broken down is like, mm-hmm. what are the questions you ask? How do you even go about like figuring this stuff out? And I love process. So, you know, I'll, I'll do that all day. Like, that's not a, but it's like, it was one of those things where I was like, 
okay, I wasn't expecting this to be like a thing right. for people. <laughs> and clearly it's a thing for people. Clearly and I will yeah. be doing a follow-up episode, obviously, right. because everybody wants to know like what yeah. I'm wearing or whatever. Like, And it's not even about what I'm wearing. It's like, how do you pick how what do you wear? Do how, do you, yeah. how do you do this? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and it's, uh, you know, the, the great thing about how you present yourself online, Katie, is that like the fact that what you just said is that you've got this huge response from people and now you're going to do a follow-up episode, right? Like you're listening to your audience and what they right. want. Right. Well, that's the whole point. That's I the think. whole point. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, to say to the audience of listeners here on this podcast or wherever, like reach out and say stuff because it's actually really helpful for as a creator to know what's valuable and what's not, right? Like what it, what are you really resonating with? And I charge, you know, I need to charge myself with that too, because I, I often feel like when I'm, um, you know, consuming a creator's com- content, whether it's a video or a, you know, written thing or whatever, I often feel like if I reach out to them and say, even just to say like, Hey, this re- really meant something to me. If it's somebody who has like a pretty significant following, I feel like, well, there's no point. I don't want to burden them. Like, I don't want to, you know, clutter their inbox, whatever, right? Which is uh, a weird thing because who doesn't like to get nice, warm fuzzies? You know, like, right, even if they're right. never going to respond to you. we think they're, like, you, beyond it. We think right. they're just, like, right. yeah, that they've moved beyond it. Right, which is, uh, you know, now as, as a creator who's kind of trying to grow her own presence and her own, you know, business, I'm like, no, please tell me things, like, <laughs> Well, I, well <laughs> like, this is very, I want to be very clear about this. Nobody ever gets beyond that. No. I, nobody ever like, does. I don't care how like big your audience stuff. is, yeah. you know, and like people, and, and also like what you think is going on with someone, like people email me and they're like, I feel like you're a celebrity because you have these podcasts. I'm like, <laughs> I just, I'm like, yeah. I, I also you're like, like, I record like, them in a closet. No. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, this know. is yeah. really not the reality of like what, and they think I have a team that's like behind me producing this stuff, like whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you guys, we're just sitting in a podcast closet yeah. like, talking just... about stuff. So, I mean, stuff like that, too, to me is like, you know, it is really valuable to me, too, because I, I think that it's easy to make it appear online mm-hmm. like you have a more significant following that you have or that like it's all a lot of it is posturing. I mean, yeah. we're all just kind of right. posturing to <laughs> look like we know what we're doing or yeah. look like our product is doing well or whatever. Um, and I, I honestly try not to do this. I try to be really honest about it, but I know that there are other people where I'm just like, I wonder how that's really going for you. Yeah. yeah. You know, like you're, you're pushing it in a way that makes me wonder. Are you, know, you not hitting your goals? Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, or one. the fact that you extended your deadline or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever, you know, like, you. I mean, I don't know. There's all these yeah. tricks and stuff, but, um, interesting. Well, so the other piece of this that I think is, is worth noting is that some of this depends on the size of your audience too. So I've heard a lot of, um, especially female creators on YouTube, but in other spaces too, um, talk about the difficulty with when your audience gets past a certain size. Like mm. the the bigger your audience gets, the more death threats you get, for example. Um, right. Or and just things negative like interactions. That. Negative interaction, trolls, outright threats, like all of that kind of stuff. And, you know, so one of the things that's, um, definitely something that I've been wrestling with a lot in in thinking about this honestly series and some of those kinds of things is, you know, I I feel best having a smaller audience, um, but I can't I don't control that right like we don't control how things go in online spaces uh, necessarily and so 
you know, I also have to be thoughtful about, okay, if I were someday to have a large audience and we're facing some of these issues, what would I want to make sure is protected, right? What would I want to make sure is not out there? Um, And so I'm, I'm thoughtful about like the photos that I post and, you know, making sure I don't have any geotags on and, you know, those kinds of things to protect your privacy and, uh, and your safety, frankly, as a woman on the internet, um, in, in a very concerted way. And so, you know, when we're talking about personal professional boundaries, like there's the stuff that you share and then there's just basic safety stuff too. Uh, and especially as your audience size grows, you, you know, you're going to get more negative stuff. And, um, you know, we've had, you know, we've had awful instances of female creators being murdered because they, somebody fixated on them, right? Like that kind of stuff happens. And so being thoughtful about when you're sharing your thing, sharing stuff about when are you sharing that you are on vacation or that you were on vacation, right? right? right. Those, even those kinds of little things. This is like, just like the big bad internet world. Exactly. Like you just, you, like you got to be careful. To this now. Yep. Yeah. And which is like frustrating that that's the world we live in, but it is the world that we live in. So, you know, some of the, some of the thought goes into, um, the size of the audience, like my audience at this, at this size, I'm not that worried about it. Um, but I also know that like, if some of this stuff that I'm sharing catches on in a way that I kind of hope it will, like my audience size is going to grow. And with that growth comes positives, but also comes negatives, um, when it comes to interactions with trolls, etc. So I'm curious, Katie, have you had much experience with trolls? And if so, how do you deal with that? So I've been really fortunate not to have much experience with this. Um, And honestly, it kind of surprises me. Like I would have expected with the, and not that my audience is huge, but I, you know, like it's big enough Mm -hmm. that, you know, and, but at the same time, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm sharing out stuff that is all my topics are pretty tame, right. you know, like I'm not, I'm not trying to attract right. attention. And, and like we talked about earlier in the episode, I'm not ranting about stuff. I'm mm-hmm. not, I just don't do that. Like yeah. I, I, and that's an intentional choice I'm making um, in terms of how I engage online. However, um, I did write a recent book about managing professional identity online in which I had a chapter on online conflict and talked about trolls and bullies and critics and like, mm-hmm. how do you deal with this? Um, and I think that it's definitely, you know, part of white privilege that I don't have this. I think it's definitely part of um, who I hang out with on the mm-hmm. internet that is causing this. Like, and if you look at my, um, like, if you go anywhere where I am online, like Instagram or Twitter or whatever, and you look at who I'm following, it's a really small list. I mean, mm-hmm. my Twitter list is like maybe 200 people that I follow. Like, if you follow me, in all likelihood, I will not follow you back. I mean, like, that is, I, I have very curated lists and and i've had people who've got gotten upset with me about that mm-hmm. i don't consider that trolling mm-hmm. but they've just like emailed me and said like and i sh- i shouldn't say people a person um <laughs> this is not like a crowd of people who are upset yeah. um but i had a person write me an email and say like i'm really upset that you didn't follow me back and the internet's about building community and like what's wrong with you basically and i was oh, like boy. i don't yeah, you know. auto follow back like right. that's just not that's what not i do, do you it. need to yeah. you need to interact with me in a way that feels meaningful and you need to put out content that i want to follow and that is when i will call, follow you you know right. like um I, but i you know i understood mm-hmm. i understood what she was saying and um and i think it's the same you know if you go to my instagram feed like i it's heavily curated i'm not following a thousand people like so i that's the other piece is like i feel like i've built this little corner of the internet mm-hmm. for myself yeah. um that 
is something I'm kind of careful about. Yep. But it's it's all so relative because yep. like I sh- <laughs> I share sometimes with my partner like what people are posting to me about or like they private message me something or they mm-hmm. email me. I get very long emails from listeners, which I actually, again, it's a huge privilege that people mm-hmm. are willing to write to me and share their stories and like ask a question, but they want to give me a lot of context. And sometimes I'll share these with my partner, you know, like if it's like really meaningful or they've said something nice or whatever. And he's like, I cannot believe that people are writing to you this. Yeah. Like, I cannot believe that people are sharing this kind of information with you. You are a stranger to them. And I'm like, you don't understand. Like, no, it's, people it's don't different. feel like I'm a stranger. Like, right. it, it, the internet has created a space where people trust you. Like yeah. you, And that's the whole purpose of this, of putting out kind of some of this personal information online is you're extending to those people to say, you can trust me. I yep. do understand what you're going through. I go through this stuff too. Like this is this is the situation in my life. Like, I mean, it, it, it is all about building trust. And that has to do, as we've talked about in previous episodes with like consistency mm-hmm. and, you know, um, responsiveness and, you know, all those kinds of things. So I'm not, I'm not dealing with a huge amount of trolls and, you know, fingers crossed, knock on wood, you know, Um, but I mean, I will say the other thing too, and maybe this helps with this. If I even get a whiff of something inappropriate, I block like immediately. I do not hesitate. And I've had a couple comments and things from people following me on Instagram Mm -hmm. um, that just felt very uncomfortable, like from the very beginning. And I was just like, nope, we're not doing this. Like, yep, yep, we're done. I'm, I'm not interested. And, um, and it could have been totally innocent. Like, that's fine. I'm not willing to take that risk. Like, yep. I, I'm not willing to mess around with any of that. So that's the other thing is I'm, I'm like, super sensitive um, mm-hmm. when it comes to <laughs> stuff that I consider to be kind of crossing a line. And, and I will immediately block people. Um, and I, I don't feel this is kind of the positive side of my, like, emotional intelligence is, like, that I don't feel like that's that offensive doesn't... to other people. Like, I just, right. I'm like, this is Whatever. how the internet works. Like, yep. I, I'm not, you know... <laughs> torn about whether or not I should block you mm-hmm. um it's just kind of an immediate yep. reaction and response but what how are you dealing with some of this stuff uh yeah I mean I'm also in a similar boat where I haven't had I haven't had much of that but a similar kind of thing like if I get a it, it, basically if it m- makes me uncomfortable or if I have sort of that gut reaction of like uh, you know then I'm I'm gonna shut it down I'm gonna block I'm gonna you know just you know, make it so that that person cannot access me very much anymore. Um, so I've had a couple instances of that, nothing too, too intense. Um, so that's, that's good, but yeah, similar sort of thing. I think, uh, the other hope is that you, in the process of developing a community, like that you have sort of moderators who step up in that community. Right. And so if people start attacking you or whatever, that hopefully you have your supporters who jump in and, you know, kind of shut that, shut that down and, and make it clear, like, that's not how we behave here. Um, that said, you know, you get to a certain sort of size of audience and that just isn't always possible. And so it's a, it's, I know it's a hard balance and it's a difficult thing, especially for larger content creators, um, especially in sort of the YouTube world is where I've, I'm most familiar with it. But it's a really big struggle um, for a lot of them to try to figure out how to engage with an audience when it feels primarily hostile because 
of the way the right. comment system works and all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, I, I just want to raise that to, to mention that, you know, you and I both have fairly small audiences and like it that way, frankly. Right. It's um, fine. I'm it's not fine. I'm happy with trying it. to, yeah. Right. I don't need explosive <laughs> growth in, the, in this right. area. I'm good. I'm good with slow and steady, uh, and, and keeping it small because I, I know that there are disadvantages to having those bigger audiences. Um, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. I just want to be, be sensitive that a lot of this stuff is coming from our perspective that is built on a smaller audience. Um, and so right. a lot of this yeah, would be really I, different if we were big. I'm glad you've contextualized that. And I, I also think like when I get comments from people and I think about like one specific one that happened, I don't know, several months ago, but it stuck in my mind because somebody basically called me out for charging for something that they mm. thought should have been free. And it was something that I had spent a lot. Of, it was subtle by design. I mean, people on this show who are listening to the show are familiar with it. My course on mm-hmm. um, scholarship of teaching and learning, and they felt like it should have been a free resource and um, kind of publicly said something about it on Mm -hmm. Twitter. And um, those comments for me are always a little bit of a gut check because Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, I want to hear you. You know, like I I obviously want to provide resources to the academic community. Like that's a big part of what my life has been in terms Mm -hmm. of my professional life. Um, But at the same time, I run a business. So, you know, like, and and so what I ended up doing with this person, and and I think also how you respond in these situations is also part of your brand. Um, You know, I said, you know, I'm I'm sorry to hear that this is, you know, a problem for you. um, But here are all my other free resources that I have created around this topic. And you might also want to check out these other free resources (laughs) that I have been creating for years that are curated over here. Um, Let me know if I can answer any questions for you. Mm -hmm. You know, like, but it's one of those things where it's like, you are not going to please everyone. Like, you just have to, you're not. And, And I think that when it comes to choosing what you share from a personal perspective, I think a lot about like Brene Brown has this vulnerability hangover (laughs) that she talks about. (laughs) And I think like, am I going to have a vulnerability hangover? Like, am I going to regret this tomorrow? And and the other thing is because I create content that I hope is evergreen, like Mm -hmm. I'm trying to create stuff that people could come back to two years from now and benefit from. I also want to be careful that I'm not putting something out that it's like, if I really do regret it, I could hear about it two years from now. Like somebody could come back to me and be like, what about this? What about that? Like they could raise it as a, and not in a negative way, but just like ask me a question about it. And that would like trigger me to be like, oh my God, I can't believe I shared that. Yeah. So I definitely think about, you know, especially because I record something and then I edit it myself. Like I always listen again to what mm-hmm. I said. And there have been a couple of episodes that I've just never released because there I couldn't find the right way to like say what I wanted to say and to say it in a way that I felt would be understood. And, um, and so I just didn't put it out there. And I've had some people ask me questions about things that I just couldn't find a way to respond to it that would align with my brand and that would align with what I thought would be helpful for my listeners. And so I just, I chose not to respond to the question. Um, so, I mean, I think that that's part of it too, is like, you get to make these choices. Like this is up to you. And, and honestly, like circling back to those things I mentioned earlier that I'd never talk about, Mm -hmm nobody knows so nobody's asking me about it like it's not (laughs) like people feel like there's a gap or that i'm like not sharing part of my life or whatever like because they don't know like it's a hard stop so you know and they know a lot of other stuff so it it just kind of it balances out Mm -hmm. i think Mm -hmm. yeah and just being very thoughtful about what what are those things i think that raises a great point katie that you just you have control over that and you know, it, being thoughtful about what am I sharing now that I'm going to be not comfortable talking about in a couple of years, you know, we, we only have so much foresight into those sorts of things, but, but that is an important consideration. Like what, what do you want to, 
what do you want to still be talking about two years from now? And what do you definitely not want to still be talking about two years from now? Um, and, and that helps kind of guide the way that you approach sharing content on the internet, I think. Um, and I've heard this term uh, in a couple of places now, this idea of curated authenticity. And I, I, I love that term because I think it's it, it raises the, the distinction that I'm not sharing everything that's happening to me. I'm not sharing everything that I'm going through or the or all of the details about everything that's happening, right? Like I can be honest about certain parts of it, but I'm then going to say, honestly, I'm not comfortable sharing more details than that with the general public about that for mm-hmm. all of these reasons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'm being authentic and I'm being honest in the in the ways that feel comfortable to me but it is curated right at the end of the day i'm like you're saying i'm making decisions that are based on what do i want to convey in my brand how does this fit with my brand right and so a lot of what people are seeing it it is honest but it's also curated and so right i I do want to raise that point too that like you're not seeing everything (laughs) you know you're seeing a lot (laughs) you're you're gonna see a lot more um for me especially in the in the coming months and years but it's not, it's not everything. And so when you, you know, when, and that's a good reminder for us too, that, um, that people, when they come up and ask us questions or when they reach out and say these things, like they don't know those other pieces that you haven't shared. And so though that that might be upsetting for us for whatever reason, if it's triggering or whatever, like they don't necessarily know that 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 is how we experience it. And so there's, there's even if there's honesty and even if there's a lot of sharing, there is this separation too, right? Right. We don't know everything about what's happening in someone else's life. It's basically yeah. the, well, what it comes can. down to. You yeah, can, you right? can. Yeah. yeah. Well, so this is also like, there's one other element of this that I want to make sure we touch on. And, and I think you kind of made me think about this because you were talking about future, like we don't know, you mm-hmm. know, into the future. Um, and one of the things that I've recently had to deal with is, um, so I expanded my business into having a coaching practice in a more intentional way in this past year. And one of the things, if you know anything about coaching, coaches are not really experts. Like mm-hmm. that is not how they show up in that space. And typically also when you hire a coach, you don't know anything about them. Like it's kind <laughs> of like a therapist. Like mm-hmm. you don't know about your therapist's personal life. Like they don't need to share that information with you to treat you, you know, like, and and not to say coaching is therapy. It is not. I'm just drawing a parallel. So um, it's been very interesting because I have a lot of coaching clients who approach me because they listen to the podcast and the podcast has worked as a kind of funnel Mm -hmm. into that um, service that I offer, but they come in knowing a lot about me. Some of them have listened to the podcast from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Which is fine, um, but it's interesting. And I've had to really change how I onboard new clients because on the podcast, I present intentionally as an expert. Like that's the point is I'm coming on and I'm answering questions from listeners. I'm sharing my experience. I'm sharing resources. I'm giving tips and suggestions and strategies and whatever. Um, And that's not what a coach does. Like a coach doesn't offer that kind of expertise. That's mm-hmm. not the point of coaching. And so when I have somebody come to me and, and know me from those areas or even my blog, I mean, like any anywhere where I'm kind of showing up as an expert, I have to be careful that they understand that, that there is a coaching relationship there that's different. Mm-hmm. And also that this is a little 
I don't want to say like strange or weird. It's not. It's just, it's a different kind of coaching relationship because typically you wouldn't know your coach in the way that you know me. Mm -hmm. But also I feel like it's, it's changing a little bit the landscape of coaching because typically you don't engage a coach until you learn a little bit about them. And, and many coaches will share at least a little bit about their background, you know, so you kind of know if you're a good fit. And because of the internet, you can follow someone and you can see like what they're posting on Instagram or whatever it might be. And so coaches have to think about that. Like, mm-hmm. are they modeling the kinds of things they want their clients to do, you know, like in terms of accountability or in terms of whatever, like recently I've been posting on Instagram stories, these workouts that I'm doing, I announced a, an exercise challenge basically, cause I was really struggling with accountability with exercise. <laughs> so I announced it to my entire podcast community and was like, Hey there, everybody want to help me stay yeah. accountable to exercising. So I've been posting on Instagram stories. And there's probably something for some people that's very attractive about someone who can go out there and every morning execute that. Like Mm -hmm. they say they're going to do it and then they do it. Mm -hmm. You know, like that that feels like you can trust that person, that that feels like they have consistency and and hang out people because I'll fall off the wagon one of these days. But, (laughs) you know, like that. But I'm just saying like that becomes part of what I'm modeling. Like I Mm -hmm. said, I'm going to do it and now I'm doing it and I'm sharing with you how I'm doing it. And here's how it's manageable to do it in a busy schedule and blah, 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 like whatever. Um, But the general idea of it is you model like how you are as a coach, like Mm -hmm. that part of my brand. And that's another reason why I'm not putting a bunch of negativity out there because it's like, I'm not going to do that for you as a coach. Like you're going to come into a space where we're going to figure stuff out together. And anyway, so I I feel like there's also this layer of, I could not have foreseen Mm -hmm. when I started doing social that I was going to have this issue come up of people knowing me in a different way than I had kind of originally intended and it not matching with this identity I have as a coach. And so now I'm trying to kind of blend those things together, yep. but I'm an expert too. So that's the other part that's kind of like, I it's have hard. these two halves of what I do. <laughs> I have an expert have, and then I also have a coaching side and it creates kind of a unique combination for some of my clients because I can do kind of some co- coaching and consulting with them. Um, but it's, I couldn't have foreseen that. Like right. I, there's just no way I would have known. And right. and it was, it's created some really interesting discussions with, with other coaches about like how to kind of deal with this because I've got clients coming in and, and they are ready for me to like provide the answers for them. Yep. And it's like, that's not <laughs> that's what coaching not is. What and, is. And I've had to really shape my messaging to be clear about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting because you're, you know, you and I both, I think part of our brands, it, you know, we're, we don't, we don't present as our LLCs, right? It's not like I am out there as develop play, right? Like that's not the persona I'm trying to create because when you work with me, you work with me. And so I think there's a value in having your audience get to know you, but you raise some really interesting points about like, when is that problematic potentially? Or when does that change the relationship in the way that's, uh, that's different from how it would traditionally be in in a coaching role or, or something similar. So right. all of these things that you have to kind of weigh and figure out, you know, do you want to just be straight up professional? Do you want to just be your business or do you want to um, bring people along for more of the process or in, in whatever way that looks like when, you know, whether that's your exercise regimen or whether that's, you know, going through a horrible period of grief and loss and here's how, here's what I did to cope, you know, whatever, right. whatever it is that you want to share 
that comes with positives and it comes with negatives and it comes with kind of questions too about how do you how do you navigate that in a way that feels best for you and that works best for your business and I don't have answers. I think it's an ongoing process. And I think you and I, Katie, are both kind of still learning about how to do this best and and in the best way that works for us. There's always new platforms. There's always new features that you have to kind of navigate. Yeah. And this is something that I do talk about at length in this book that I've recently Mm. written because it is very personal. It Mm -hmm. is totally about aligning your professional values with how you want to be and who you want to be in these online spaces and where and how often and, you know, all those things. But the other thing that I think is kind of important to raise, um, and I was thinking about this lately because I follow someone online and I, I'm, I, I hate to like talk about this stuff with these examples because I would never want to like call anyone out. So I'm not even going to say what platform, mm-hmm. but they're actively on the job market. Like they've been sharing about that, but they've also been sharing about all this other stuff that mm-hmm. I'm like, do you think that the people who are you're hiring looking? you are not yeah. looking? Right. Like, they're going to come out and find you and yep. you're talking about all this other stuff. And yep. like, is this really how you want to show anyway? Yeah. And, and there's a lot of ethical questions about HR departments, Googling people and whatever. Like I'm, I'm not even going to go into that and say, I'm just going to say it happens. Right. And it can impact, you know, how people see you. And that's a choice you're making. Right. You know, like, but I also feel like, so this is not just about your business. This mm-hmm. is about, stuff that you put out into the internet that's basically a billboard of you sharing out your stuff like i don't care how private your settings are it's still the internet people can screenshot stuff like you have to be careful about stuff like that and it's just that kind of stuff is challenging for me when i see it because i'm just like i want to pull you aside and just be like (laughs) what are you doing don't what are you doing yeah um, and you're creating a brand and a reputation for yourself in a way that is genuine and authentic, clearly. Mm-hmm. But. Yep. Well, there's a reason I don't talk politics at all on any platform. Like you could you could glean where some of my perspectives lean based on some of the things that I talk about and tweet about right. and Same whatever and share. I mean, I have a Ph.D. in women but, and gender studies people. Right. What do you think? You know, <laughs> Like, Take you know, a guess. I could probably <laughs> guess some things, but I don't. You know, so much of Twitter lately has become this really divisive place where people are yelling and screaming at each other and uh, about politics. And I'm just like, I can't even engage. Like, I I often feel really hesitant to like something that might be per- perceived as inflammatory. Right? Like, <laughs> I'm just like, I can't do that right. because of that that perception piece. Because you know, we live in a place now where that cuts off. Uh, like half of the entire population of the U.S., right? Like, right. just like, well, and, just cuts your audience off completely. And I'm glad you, you phrased know. that because some people would respond to that, Sarah, and be like, well, you're just not living an authentic life if you can't right. like what you want to like. And, and they would be very judgy about that. And yeah. part of me is like, I hear you. And the yep. other part of me is like, are you living in the real world? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can judge are? you right yeah. back about, right. you know, like judging me for those kinds of things. Because yeah. I'm like you, like, I, I'm very careful about that. And and I've had some conversations with good friends of mine who are very political online yeah. and who oh, yeah. are very, they're the ranters. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who have tens of thousands of followers and good on them, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, and they've built a brand around that. And we understand each other's sides. Yep. You know, like when we have those conversations, we all understand we're making these decisions, you know, and that it's very personal. And, and this is very much about doing business on your own terms. Like yeah. we've talked about before, like, you have to decide what you can live with, you know, and if this is keeping you up at night, 
make some different decisions, right. you know, about how you engage and, and what you support online. And also to just acknowledge there's a huge amount of privilege mm-hmm. that goes into making these decisions and what you can and cannot do and what you choose and choose not to engage in. And that's also something I address in my book. It's it's a huge yep. issue um, for a lot of academics and a lot of business owners. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, obviously the we're other, not going to solve this. Yeah, we're not going to We're not going to crack this nut on this episode. But the, the one thing I do want to do want to say, because it was something that was bothering me for quite a while, um, in the midst of a lot of this political turmoil was a lot of friends, you know, were being, uh, friends and colleagues and people were being a little bit, uh, sort of passively judgmental about the fact that I wasn't taking up a, a stance one way or the other, um, publicly and in an online forum. And that's, uh, first of all, my choice to make, but that just because I'm not ranting on Twitter doesn't mean that I'm not, doing things in my real life that impact the way the world works. Right. And I think that's the other thing too, that, that the online world, though it is a sometimes all consuming world is only a small slice of, of a person's actual life. And so if they're not talking about politics on Twitter, that doesn't mean that they're not, you know, actively engaging voters or, you know, donating to huge causes to make the lives of people that are in their world better. Right. Like Mm -hmm. that just because you're not, screaming doesn't mean you're not doing stuff. And so um, I think just making sure that we're, we're thoughtful about checking our own judgments. And I do this too, right? Like I'm, I'm looking at how people are reacting online and I'm like, why would you do that? But I also know that for some people that is the space that they feel like they have the biggest presence and the biggest audience and the biggest place where people might actually hear what they have to say. And so right. it's a very strategic it, move. Right. And so it, it goes both ways. Um, and the more that I think we can engender sort of a little bit of compassion and understanding uh, in online spaces in general, uh, the better off we'll all be. But uh, it's complicated and difficult. And we don't make these decisions flippantly or lightly. And I think that's maybe the take home point is that, it, yeah, we're thinking about this stuff. Right. Well, and also, I mean, the other thing I think that's important to add is like the internet is built on FOMO, fear of yep. missing out. Yep. It's also built on mechanisms to help you judge other people. Yeah. Like, I don't think we openly talk <laughs> about that. I mean, like yeah. Instagram is all about that and self-judgment. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't have an Instagram worthy house, therefore I'm a horrible person, whatever. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that I've actively been doing to try to curb this for myself is if I find myself following someone and every time they post... I'm just feeling judgy thoughts. Yeah. Like I don't have anything positive to say about it. And, and I'm like, I just ask myself, why are you following them? Right. Unfollow them. Unfollow and it's not them. because yeah. I don't want to support what they're doing. It's because I am having judgy thoughts that like, it's not helping them any. Yeah. I'm not, you know, like that's not sending positive vibes out into the universe. Like that's not what I want to contribute. And I think that that's another thing to kind of consider. And maybe that's why I cure me, curate my feed so well is because <laughs> I judge everyone. Um, but I mean, the internet brings out the worst in people. And mm-hmm. I think that you can be very careful about, you know, making those decisions. You know, if you if you find yourself just not, you're following people for the wrong reasons, I right. guess, you right. know, um, and you're just like reveling in the fact that they're ranting or like mm-hmm. you, and, but you think it's stupid or whatever. Right. I don't know. Right. If, it, if it's negatively affecting your thoughts or your well-being, like, you have control to some degree over that, right? Like you can decide to unfollow things or to hide things, to block things. Like 
Yeah, I 100% agree. There are people that I am friends with in real life that I have blocked online because I just can't do it. <laughs> For all of those mm-hmm. reasons, like I just I end up thinking very uncharitable things and that is not helpful. So, right, right. Yeah. Well, and I, I want to kind of contrast that with this other thing that you can intentionally do online, which is to follow people who challenge you. Mm-hmm. Like there are a lot of people I follow that I feel challenged by that I don't judge. Right. Like, so I want to kind of clarify that, that I'm not trying to create this rainbows and puppies space online where I don't ever have to deal with things that are hard. Um, It's more that if I keep getting triggered by someone and what they're posting and I keep thinking, like we talked about earlier in the episode, like, why are you posting that? You know, like, then I just stop following them because it's, it's not good for me. It's not good for them. And I like to follow people where I can support them and I can like the stuff they're posting and I can offer supportive comments and I can build community. Mm -hmm. And even when those are people who are posting things that are challenging for me to read, um, I still like those things, you know? So I I feel like we're drawing kind of an, a careful line here Mm -hmm. between, um, just being very careful about not curating a space on the internet for yourself that you're just living in your own privilege. Right. That's an echo chamber. Yeah. Right. That's an echo chamber, but also being really careful that you're not kind of following people for the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. And that, that is something that I feel like I have actively been trying to work on for years. It's not, you know, you wake up one day and all of a sudden understand all this stuff, but, and, and things happen all the time where, People take a shift in their online presence and you're like, oh, I'm just deciding not to follow you in yep. that shift. Yep. You know, and like you've gone okay in too. Yeah. a different direction. Yeah, because your identity has shifted or for whatever reason, you've decided to post about things that are no longer relevant to me. Right. Um, so I I hope people will comment on this episode. I, I hope, hope so we'll get too. some emails from people. I hope people will be like, what is wrong with you all with your privilege? Because <laughs> um, I, I know that, you know, this it's just hard. It's it is it's hard. so difficult. And sometimes I just want to crawl into a cave and not be on the internet at yeah, all. But it's true. It's but other like times part the of internet's life. a great and it's other times the internet is a great place. Like uh I get I get a little sick of um some of the the really big creators just constantly bemoaning what happens on the internet and it is sort of a lack of remembering of what smaller communities are like because there are some right. really great I've met some of my best friends on the internet you know and I've met some great communities of people who are working hard to do cool stuff on the internet and right. I wouldn't have those connections if not for the internet and so uh, you know yeah it's a, it's a hard place to be and there's a lot of bad there <laughs> a lot of complicated stuff to wade into at this point in my life it's still been totally worth it and mm-hmm. i hope i can continue to say that i don't know we'll see maybe we'll check back in a year <laughs> and see if the internet has burned itself to the ground who knows <laughs> but that's where we are right now at least okay well i feel like we've said enough yes um, <laughs> listeners weigh in what do you think about this stuff personal boundaries professional boundaries we definitely want to hear from you um, and if we get a lot of responses, like let's do a follow-up episode yeah. and, and hear from what some people have said. Um, so thanks again for listening to this episode of Make Your Way. And Sarah, always a pleasure. Always fun to chat with you, Katie. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Make Your Way. Show notes and a transcript for this episode can be found at katielinder.work slash podcasts. Make Your Way is part of the Radical Self-Trust podcast channel a collection of content dedicated to helping you seek self-knowledge, 
nurture your superpowers, playfully experiment, live your core values with intention, practice loving kindness toward yourself and others, and settle into your life's purpose. Learn more about the RST channel at katielinder.work slash podcasts. If you found this episode helpful, please also consider rating and or reviewing the show in iTunes. Thanks for listening.